Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network. Follow us on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us on iTunes. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me, as always, bestie number one, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co host of It Is What It Is and is prepping for all the what's that bear doing jokes that will inevitably be thrown around with Chicago coming to town next weekend. It's going to be a lot. It's oh, going to be a lot. We should have like a, a, a clicker counter thing that uh, dings dr- every time. Like a drinking game type situation. It does feel like every single player is going to get asked about it again. Like it's going to get brought back up. Um, a lot of memes. My favorite's going to be when, like, whoever is calling the game, like Chris Myers, hears about the What's That Bear doing for the first time. And he's like, oh, like, guys, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, Robbie Andrews, the Bears are here in town. Bit of a funny situation with, uh, with wide receiver Robbie Anderson. He didn't even know what that bear was doing. Let's go to the clip. <laughs> I, like I said, I watch that clip still probably ten times a day. Always makes me happy. I'm glad that it makes you happy. Uh, it's better than the current clip that's going around of that guy chasing off a cougar uh, while he's hiking. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's terrifying. Don't go for a hike by yourself, kids. Actually, don't go for a hike at all. It's just walking outside. Yeah, doesn't sound fun. I, I will pass. Uh, let's bring in our other bestie, Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and is still on hold with the Coca-Cola Company to get that new cranberry flavor out in time for the holidays. The clock is ticking, my friend. Look, Halloween's going to come and go super quick, and it's still going to be cranberry season for two more months. Just enjoy your another week, two weeks, whatever it is you've got, and then let's let the adults handle the uh, handle the business. I mean, I thought for sure you'd bring up the uh, the highlight of cranberry season, that guy on a skateboard singing Fleetwood Mac drink cranberry juice. Like, that's uh, – I mean, well, it, has cranberry ever been hotter than it is right now? Like, it's ocean spray, baby. Thanks for thanks for checking out the socials, uh, at ColinCLT on Twitter. When the Panthers tweeted that and then deleted it later, I responded from the porch swing, swigging my own ocean spray. It's on there. I don't delete tweets. I, I don't delete tweets either. I feel like I probably should at some point. I've had some bad takes over the years, over the weeks, over the date, past few days probably. I feel like I've had some bad takes. I feel like this is an easy segue at this point. Uh, here's a take. Segways are not easy. How's that? <laughs> sure. Sure. That was in it in and of itself it was a segue to talking about segways. That's why he's podcaster of the year. Let's That's bring right. let's bring on our guest on the one day contract, Jason Huber, covering all Charlotte sports and jack of all trades at WFNZ and unafraid to have his bedroom featured on every single Panthers Zoom call. I like that. Uh, yeah, I'm in it right now. Again, <laughs> always trying to make sure I don't ever have anything left out. And I always find myself having something on the floor or the bed not made or something. <laughs> Are you a bed maker? Uh, like Believe it or not, I was not. I was not until these Panthers Zoom calls. Now I am every single day. You gotta, you gotta change your. It's gonna change you. I'm telling you what. I, I became a bed maker maybe like two years ago, and it really does. It changes your whole, like your whole perspective when you go back into the bedroom. You're just like, oh, look at this. Like, look at yeah. how nice it looks in here. Makes your whole house seem cleaner 
when your bed is made. Well, all really of a sudden, it. fresh sheets are like a treat that you can regularly enjoy. It, it's, it's amazing being what a civilized male is now. Like, what? Just, you just need some women in your life, and they just kind of round out these sharp edges. No, I didn't yeah, say I, I was going to switch the sheets. Just, just put the blanket over the top. That's making the bed. Now I'm yeah, making a it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we start the show with Nikki's super important question, and it's been kind of a weird week of sports. Uh, a lot of weird things happened in the NFL. Um, we had the NBA Finals wrap up. There's just a lot going on. So this week, I just want to hear everyone's non-Panthers. Give me a non-Panthers sports take, uh, thought, anything that you've been ruminating about. And Josh looks like he wants to go first. Well, I don't know whether it's just because I'm just noticing it more um, because we're stuck in the house and, and everything is kind of terrible in general uh, outside of sports. But it feels like the ending of a bunch of these games have just been better. I mean, the NBA Finals, that game six on – or game five on Friday, uh, I mean, w- that was one of the best NBA Finals games I think I've ever seen. Um, that was incredible. And then it seems like whenever I stay up late for these NFL games, and yes, I'm 1130 is late. Um, they're just, they're wonderful. Like the end of the end of the Seahawks game was terrific. The end of the Saints game um, was great. Obviously results wise, not so much, but uh, just the way that it finished, like they, they have just sports when you don't have it for a little bit, it's really come back and uh, it's the best sports. I love you. I love you, sports. 2020 has certainly been a year of reflection and time for us all to look back. And, and as I've looked back over sports, I, I find myself struck by one question. And that is, what if Russell... What's that bear doing? Sorry. What's that, what's that bear doing? And what if Russell Wilson could hit a curveball? If <laughs> Russell Wilson could hit a curveball, the Seahawks, not the same thing. Like, this is a guy that you're talking about showing out in these moments in a primetime game. And for people around here, we've been seeing it well before the days of a a whole pack of wolves or whatever it was, or a whole pack of badgers. That's right, a whole pack of badgers. You know, for Carolina fans, we've seen it for a long time. And it seems like this is a guy that actually is, uh, you know, getting his just due after all this time. Because people were on Team Legion of Boom, not Team Russ a couple years ago. We'll try and erase that history. Um, Because the Legion of Boom is a great guy. Um, but I think what if Russell Wilson could hit a, hit a curveball? That's what I've been pondering lately. Jason, what do you got? I, I've been wondering, and, and I started noticing this the other day, and I'm sure we all kind of agreed to it. So why do we have to keep comparing LeBron and Michael Jordan? Like, why can't we just appreciate the greatness of them both? I'm on the boat of LeBron is amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Like, I mean, I obviously was really young, being young when Michael Jordan played, but just seeing how great LeBron is, I don't always want to even debate the two. Like, they're both great. Top two for me. Why do we have to just debate it? Anytime LeBron does anything, it's immediately Michael Jordan. Well, I think the thing is because LeBron. Because LeBron wants that. That's the, that's the discussion LeBron wants. I mean, I, I'm at the point now where I think he has had the uh, greatest NBA career that, that we've ever seen. I think you could argue Kareem for longevity, but LeBron, for, just for the – the, the fact of being there in that final four, that final two, year after year after year, I, I think he has the, the greatest career, NBA career at this point. Well, Is he, he does he have the third greatest filmography of the great basketball players? 
because I like Kareem, obviously, you know, huge, you got to jump out with airplane. Jordan is kind of like Space Jam and there's not much else. LeBron, it's like, what's LeBron? LeBron was in that Judd Apatow movie. Uh, we haven't seen Space Jam 2 yet, so we don't know how Good point. Be. There you go. Incomplete for, for Michael yeah. or for LeBron. Space Jam 2 will, of course, feature him passing the ball at the end of the game as well. So. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Jason. Hope Danny Green's not in it. <laughs> Trust me, Dan. Can you have a GOAT conversation, though, yet until LeBron buys an NBA team and I don't want to say runs it into the ground but does something? I don't hey. know. I, sorry. Sure. Should I, I, think have it a- more, I think it's more of like an abandoned car. You know, like, <laughs> it, like we're not actively being run into the ground. We've just been left on the side of 485 for a while and forgotten about. With like the white T-shirt in the driver's side window. Yeah. yeah. The, the stickers are piling up. <laughs> this car is going to be towed soon. <laughs> Well, I think we're about to set a new record on one day contract as we start talking about the Panthers about eight and a half minutes in. So good job, everybody. That's good. I I saw a complaint on Twitter and uh, I apologize that I'm not sorry. (laughs) I co-sign on that. Um, Let's start with the Falcons review. So does this three, two start change the expectation for the Panthers now in 2020? Let's start with Colin. I would like for Josh to go ahead because I feel like my expectations Uh-oh. are still aligned with what's actually happening. I'd like to, I'd like to hear what Jason has to say. On <laughs> <laughs> the three and two start. Yeah. Did, well, the expectation, like what let's first, let's start here. What were your expectations of the Carolina Panthers? I, I was actually saying this to a friend the other day, uh, right after they won this weekend, I thought they were going to be trash, to be honest. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw some of the things that were going on at, at training camp and how that defense just didn't look good in training camp. There was offense. We knew the offense wasn't going to be bad. I mean, with all the weapons they had, but Teddy Bridgewater, I did not think he's going to be like, I mean, I did not think he's going to be like this. I thought it was just going to be, you know, kind of the short passes that he's been known for. I was thinking, I thought maybe they could get to five wins. And we still, I mean, unless they completely fall apart, which it doesn't look like this team's going to, it's kind of got a different feel to it. But, yeah, I, I'm very surprised. I mean, they've done a great job all around. Coaching staff has impressed me. They've done – yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely surprised me. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that, first of all, just like on the expectations thing, I think it's hard to change your expectations like from right – because my expectations before the season are will still continue because the season is not over. And so I, I – did I expect them to be bad? Yes, I did. And are they better than I thought they were? Yes, absolutely. So I've kind of adjusted my thought process on them. But like my expectations are that wins and losses don't really matter. The, the idea that a lot of people are like, well, now, like, I, and not a lot of people, I apologize. I've, I've seen some people that are like, well, now they started three and two. They look a lot better. So like, if they don't go to the playoffs, like this is going to be a disappointment. And it's like, no, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, they are still the same team that they were five weeks ago. And so they will still be a, it will still be a successful season if they finish the year three, five and 11. Uh, but three of their wins happen to come in the first five weeks of the season. Then if they finish five and 11, but their young guys get better, do you see some flashes of greatness from, from Brian Burns, from Derek Brown? We've already seen them in these first five weeks. So you're already checking off some of those boxes. Now you don't want them to get worse, but like 
in my mind, this team is three and two. They're uh, they're a couple bounces from being four and one. They're also a couple bounces from being one and four. So I, I think that it's it, it's one of those things where they're they're playing good football. I like what I've seen from the coaching staff, but it's interesting that you said, Jason, that you it's a different feel already, and it is that that is what is my has been my biggest takeaway for the first five weeks is that they get the ball with. 90 yards to go and a minute and a half in the first half. And you're like, well, I mean, that, that kind of feels like 2015 ish where it was like, if you give them the ball back, they're going to go down and score. And that's exactly what they did. And I think there's still some work left to be done, but it, it, it is, uh, it's certainly, there's been a lot more work done in the past, in the first five weeks than I thought there was going to be. I think the reason it's fair to change your expectations is because going into this, we were really unsure if they wanted to tank. You know, there was reports that Matt Rule was really liked Trevor Lawrence there, that they really liked, you know, kind of this draft class. And maybe, you know, we had the Rule seasons in in his college years where that first year was a throwaway year. We didn't know what to expect. So from that aspect, I think it's fair to say that your expectations have changed because they are not throwing the season away. It's not happening. I the thing about being a fan is we are wrong all the time. We're wrong about draft picks. We're wrong about signings. We're wrong about stuff all the time. And and I'm not trying to gatekeep how anybody you know enjoys their sports. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're if you're spending your time right now backpedaling or trying to you know readjust your battlements for your for your draft discussion or your Panther stuff, just just have fun because I promise you, watching Mike Davis beast falcons the one team the one team in the history of this organization that gets us time and again just gets us and mike davis in the fourth quarter is putting a nail in their head coach's coffin if you can't enjoy that why are you a football fan so i think everybody just needs to relax let's have some fun this is a fun season it really is josh like i compare stuff to college basketball it's like when you have that that group of young guys coming in and no you don't know what you've got in everybody but you want to see different guys in different situations this is a fun season they're competing they've talked about toughness josh you, you love to say it everybody talks about toughness in the nfl the panthers are walking the walk the falcons were talking the talk yeah uh, i i couldn't agree more with you on the uh having fun because Sports are supposed to be fun, and so much we get caught up in the like, well, for $2.2 billion worth of cap room, I would rather, and like, oh, but I'm like, no, sports are supposed to be fun. Like, we're supposed to enjoy ourselves on Sunday from one to four, and maybe for, for more, you know, like for the entire week. And right now, the Panthers are three and two, and you are hearing things like, well, are they the best team in the NFC South? Is Drew Brees done? Is Tom Brady washed up? Like, these are the kind of questions that are asking. Not, well, uh, do you think Trevor Lawrence would even play in Carolina? Like, those are those are the kind of questions that might be getting asked if this was a different season. But it's not. They're 3-2. and two. They're exciting. They're fun to watch. What is that bear doing? That's the biggest question that we have to ask. And uh, you should. We shouldn't be embracing this fun team. What they want you to talk about, Josh, is just what you said. Oh, oh, maybe you overpaid your, your CMC. Oh, look, Mike Davis comes in. You know what I'm sitting here thinking is Brady hasn't even gotten to crack open the CMC section. We've joked about it on here about the first couple of weeks were the preseason. 
we haven't seen CMC and Mike Davis. You're telling me you can put two guys in the backfield that can run between the tackles and catch the ball out of the back. You could do that. You can, and then think about how much fun that opens up. Or you can go, well, you know, they should have given that money to Robbie Anderson. They should just, they should, no, actually it was Sammy Watkins. That's right. They should have given the money to Sammy Watkins and whatever running back they wanted to give it to, because that would definitely be better than CMC and Robbie Anderson. Earl Thomas. That's who they should have signed. Still can get out there. Is he still, he's still <laughs> available, right? Or like sure. there, there's always somebody, right? Can they get Chauncey Gardner Johnson? Is it possible <laughs> to get him on the team? Okay, now you guys, you guys laugh, but I was definitely checking the, hey, who are the old dudes that may still be kicking around out there, at, you know, just available for a, for a playoff run? Where's, where are my Jared Week Allen's five, at? we're already doing, I mean, 14 and two the it's, hard way. It's, it's happening. It's, <laughs> hey, that dream's a lot way more than Trevor Lawrence's, and that dream, that dream is a whole lot more fun. Uh, you know, than, than, than already skipping ahead to the draft and going, hey, I wonder what, are we going to get nine, 12? <laughs> <laughs> now, there is some concerns, though, with the injury. No, we're not doing concerns. No concerns. Positive oh, energy only, come on. Nikki. Okay, mm-hmm. not, not no, no, concerns. We are doing concerns. Oh, we're not doing concerns. concerns? The show prep says we are doing concerns. <laughs> Otherwise, have, have let me podcast. Let me rephrase. Not concerns, but um, we do have some injuries starting to pile up on that defense when you're looking at YGM. That's just as negative. Frame, can you frame it in a positive way? I, I don't think there is a way to frame it positively. Guys are playing hard, so they got nicked up. You know? hey, young there guys we go. are getting Thank out. You, Who are the young guys? Go. They're going to get opportunities because <laughs> yeah. YGM – Brian Burns, not the young guys. <laughs> See, this is why I need all of you so that we can all help keep each other positive and lift each other up during these times. Um, but with those injuries, which one of those do you think hurts the most? Well, I think we should have a conversation real quick about Brian Burns in, in, this, in this injury. Because, Josh, I saw you tweeting, at, or like, and then Stanley McGlover, who is Brian Burns' brother. Brother, okay. That you know he he had he didn't have a concussion, but the Panthers were holding him out, and, I th- and you you gave it like the I don't know what the proper name of the emoji is the 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 chin stroking emoji. The I think it's like a hmm, hmm. like yeah that kind of emoji that kind of emoji. Well, I, I just have to say that like we've talked about concussions and concussions symptoms don't always manifest themselves immediately. To me, this is this is an abundance of caution. This is what an abundance of caution looks like, and it involves taking. Brian Burns out, especially because, you know, we, we do have a, a recent history with a guy we really like having concussion history. So I, I appreciated it. And I don't think it's an area where you, you necessarily, and if that, if that's what they were doing to me, uh, I think good on them in this regard. Absolutely. I think you can have concussion like symptoms and they should still be holding you out. If your ears are ringing, you should get hold out. Yeah. If you yeah. lost, if you were unconscious for even a moment, you should get held out. Like the brain is not something that you mess around with. Um, they said, you know, they said Kyle Allen and Washington passed his too. And I just think it's the same thing. It's like if concussion, like to me, it's like that day is done for you. Once we're testing you for a concussion, like that's pretty much it for the day. Jason, who do you think is the, is the guy that they, I, I guess like Brian Burns, Dante Jackson, these guys look like they might come back. Is there somebody on defense that they can't really afford to lose? I mean, I would gotta say it's Burns, which I mean, with a concussion, I mean, unless it ends up being a reoccurring problem, which we've seen happen many times, especially with Panther players. I mean, I think it's Brian Burns because you know it's 
been, I mean, you could argue that it's kind of been, I mean, it's, you know, as a sophomore, he's been doing what everyone's wanted him to do. He's been, he's been getting to the quarterback. He's been, he's been pressuring the quarterback. He's been making big plays. I mean, right before that injury happened, he uh, helped force a fumble. So I'd say it's him. I mean, I, I, I think it's him because with Dante Jackson, you've seen the secondary succeed because he's been, you know, he's been dinged up all, all year and they've still, you know, kind of impressed us. I don't know how much better they could be or if they'll start, you know, kind of, you know, start falling apart a little bit as the season goes on. And then Uter Gross Matos, I mean, he brings a lot of depth, but I think they've got enough depth to kind of make up for that if they happen to be with him without him for a few weeks. So I think it's got to be Brian Burns. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, if I had told you guys that um, that Dante Jackson was going to play less than two-thirds of the snaps in two uh, – I'm sorry, not less than two-thirds of the snaps, less than 50% of the snaps in the first five games of the season. Would you have thought that this secondary would be falling apart? Because I, I know I would have been. Like, that's exactly where I would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah certainly. I mean, and this is, this is the biggest question. I feel, I mean, it's a little bit different, but I, I'm most concerned going forward. Like, I think Burns was, the, you know, cautionary uh, measure by the team. I, Dante Jackson, I mean, I'm, I'm already looking like who is coming in, who could be the next cornerback up on this roster because it gets very thin, very quick. And, and if, if he's going to be somebody that you can't count on, well, you've got to have a body that you can count on. I, I wonder almost if this is going to be a, uh, an issue for Dante Jackson that's ultimately going to affect his entire career. Not the toe specifically, but – Injuries as a whole, because yeah, absolutely availability. Because yeah. he spent last year complaining about his hamstring and, and telling everybody that he wasn't one hundred percent healthy. Told us before the season one of the things that he did in the off season was to make sure that he's going to be one hundred percent healthy. And then he's played less than fifty percent of the snaps a quarter of the way through the season. So it's and, and missed basically the entire game uh, in week five. So uh, is this going to be something that is? Is he just going to be an injury-prone kind of guy who's incredibly talented but could just not can't stay on the field? Yeah, I mean, it's worth asking. I mean, this season, yeah, like you said, with the secondary coming in, we thought that he'd play less than 50%. I mean, we thought the secondary is going to be pretty bad already. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we thought they'd have Eli Apple, which they haven't had him either. So, you know, yeah, I didn't even think about what Colin said. I mean, if another guy goes down, if a Rasul Douglas gets hurt, then, you know, who's up next? I mean, you have, you've got – elder there and it's yeah then what happened so yeah that's a big loss for Dante Jackson from that aspect is it definitely thins out the secondary I mean Corn Elder went from a guy that I think most of us thought was just going to get caught up in the shuffle of a coaching change like well Corn may catch on somewhere else but probably and instead he is the third corner right now and they only played three corners in this game um outside of Dante Dante would be the fourth but they only played three and you know so it, I think they've got to get they got to get another body back there. And if Dante can't be re- reliable, I mean, I don't know what you do. Well, the other thing to think about is that uh, you know, have to talk about COVID-19, right? Uh, is to bring in a corner right now if they wanted to sign a corner today, he wouldn't be on the roster until Monday. So, uh, you can't really I mean, you're bringing somebody up from the practice squad. Like that's what that's what would be happening to get a guy ready. That's why they signed Rodney Smith last week to the practice squad today, because if somebody was going to get hurt now, nobody did get hurt, but like if Trenton Cannon had pulled his hamstring or Mike Davis, that injury that kind of 
pulled him off the field. If he had gotten hurt and not been able to return, then you're looking at a situation where it's like Alex Arma and nobody else on the roster. So at least you would have had a guy in Rodney Smith who knows your playbook. But for the corners, uh, that's just not the case. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's uh, it gets real thin real fast and real hairy with COVID-19. So, I mean, you know, obviously you hope that, uh, that, that Dante can get healthy again. But, like, I mean, Miles Hartsfield is going to play both ways. Like, uh, that's, that's just what's going to end up happening. And then on their, uh, on their practice squad, it's Mistrell Jamerson, have, right? Yeah, they don't, they don't have a cornerback. Yeah. Well, it's, Jamerson can kind of play corner. He can play corner slash safety. But, like, yeah, that's – You list him as a free safety. You don't feel great about him as a corner. It's a good point. There you go. And, and your point, Josh, like there, there's no one there. And this is it because it was, it was a Tremaine Johnson. Like they've wrote, they've, you know, had some, some vets come through here. It, it's interesting to see um, if they end up picking somebody, if there's somebody that they like. I, I just think that for the long-term viability of the roster, th- this Dante Jackson injury represents one of the most immediate concerns. Especially, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to go 14-2 and two the hard way with Dante Jackson on the bench. Well, that's what makes it the hard way. I mean, exactly. that's part of what makes it the hard way. <laughs> if it was and, easy, and look, it would just is, be called the way. And this is just, this is just judging turf toe in, injuries. It's not anti-Dante at all. It's just turf toe is right. one of them things. Looking ahead, what do the Panthers need to shore up before next week? Uh, run defense? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Run defense, yeah. <laughs> Jason, talk us through how terrible they've been on this run uh, at the run. I mean, it's, it's, just as, it's just as bad as it was last year. I mean, it, I mean, if if the Panthers have – if the opponent has the ball with 10 yards to go, it's almost a guaranteed touchdown if they're going to run the ball. That's what it feels like, at least when you're watching the game. That's kind of how bad it's been. I mean, what, they've given up, what, eight touchdowns now, Russia? That's the most they've ever had in the first five games. I mean, I don't know what you can do. I mean, you had KK short back, you know – what else can you do to kind of get that that going? Yeah, KK Short um, has been uh, disappointing. On the field. He has been on the football field. Has he? <laughs> he has been. <laughs> not for not as not very much. Not with three minutes left last week. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, of all the guys, it's it's interesting when you look at this roster. I would say KK Short is the only really disappointing player on the roster in 2020 through the first five games. You look at who else might be up for that award is like Matt Paradis. I don't think Matt Paradis has been as bad as he was last year. Greg Little has shown more than he did last year and he's stayed healthy. Like everybody else has, has either gone, gotten better or played a little bit, played the same kind of, hasn't been a disappointment. Um, but KK Short has been a disappointment. Uh, and, and especially for a captain, veteran leader, and the highest paid player on your defense. He just hasn't been there. And, um, and it's been disappointing. And, and it's a shame for a guy like that because it does feel like this is how his career in Carolina is going to wind down, um, is with a disappointing season and maybe uh, an injury. I mean, he had a shoulder injury. We don't know how serious it was, but if it's another – I mean, if he, if he injured the same shoulder that he had surgery on last year, like – I can't imagine that he's going to be a hundred percent for the rest of the year. And that's a shame. I think to hear Whitehead would be the other guy, but you've mm, already seen, 
and, and because the money, I would definitely kind of go in your direction on that one. But uh, one thing we, we have seen, and we saw it last week, and it, it held for him this week, he, he played like 90% of the snaps week one, and it's down to 50%. And, it, and that's where it remained. Week four, it was down to 50%, and that's where it stayed this week. You know, I think Tahir is filling in a, a veteran role, um, whether it's conveyance to the defense, getting guys aligned. We talked about the run defense and how bad it is. Maybe if they didn't have a veteran middle linebacker, it would be even worse. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but I do think that, you know, we talked about expectations with this team. And, and Jason, what, you, what you're talking about it really is the ceiling for this team. That, that run defense, whenever a team can hold them accountable and be in a situation where they can hold that run defense accountable and force the Panthers to get stops that way, that's their that's their real ceiling for this season. I believe. Which I just want to throw out there. I, I said it for the first four, four weeks. I don't know that I've said it on this episode. It's fine. Like they're there. It's okay for this team to have a bad run defense in 2020 in the first year of Phil snow, the first year of Matt rule with the youngest uh, defensive line, not in the league, but certainly up there and young raw guys up front. It's okay. It's okay that their run defense is bad. Um, it just has to get better over the, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see is I want to see them taking their mistakes and making them better. Somebody just walked by my window. So there's a pretty good chance we're going to hear, uh, Bernie's going to be making a, a special guest appearance. Oh, there he is. Somebody's outside. <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> there is there is one other thing I want to uh, talk about after the, the Atlanta game. And we've talked a lot about how the kick, kicking game and things like that have changed, safety rules changed. I think the Panthers need to uh, retire from returning kicks in terms of kickoff returns. Effectively, if you're if unless you have Corderell Patterson, you are better off taking the touchback and just calling it a day. Don't open up the possibility for a penalty. Don't open up possibility for turnovers, things like that. I mean, we saw uh, we saw Farrow get four cracks or three cracks at, at returning a kick. None of them got back to the 25. And this is not anti-Farrow. The system's set up this way. The 25-yard line is just too attractive to me. I'm done. I'm not, I'm not losing a momentum-building play, anything like that, over a kickoff return where through a quarter of the season, it's effectively the 25 or less. So yeah, I, mean, I think this is I think this is something they should act, actively do is not return kicks anymore, right? For this season, something interesting to ponder. Yeah, I mean, do you just take touchbacks, start at twenty yards? I mean, if it, yeah, it, it's interesting. At a certain point, though, do you think that they would um, that they would kind of catch on to that and they would start kicking it short to you? Like if sure, they should. Yeah. Well, if they kick it short, then let's go. But if they're going to – but, like, Farrell Cooper is catching it a yard to three yards in the end zone, and we're bringing it out, and we're getting to the 21, the 22, the 19. Like, it, to me, the, the gain like – I would much rather see – if I'm kicking off, I would much rather see the return man, unless his name is Devin Hester, Dante Hall, you know, a very sh- short list of guys. I would – we would much rather see them come out of the end zone. So, to me, I feel, that, I feel like that we're doing the other team a favor by coming out. I think – oh, Marla wants to say hi, too. Everybody's <laughs> coming on the show today, huh? Should we put him on the camera? Bernie, come here, buddy. Come on. You want to be on the show? Come here. I mean, here we go. Is, Things are happening. I know we're talking about post, post-Atlanta game, but if, if you look at this season, they got – you know, basically have one, one care or one return that went substantially past the 25, and that was to the 37. 
Like that's the high end of the return. To me, there's just not enough juice in that squeeze. Stop disrespecting Pharaoh Cooper, Colin. I'm a big fan of the special teams. It's the third unit. Nobody wants to talk about it. 33% of the game is won <laughs> in special teams. Bernie's a big special teams guy. So that's why uh, I'm not even, that's not me saying that. Yeah, I just wanted everyone to be clear. That was Bernie speaking, um, Josh's dog. Michael Bates deserves to be in the Panthers Hall of Honor. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Todd Sauerbrunn is my favorite Panther of all time. Michael Bates goes in, he becomes the first Panther that's ever been traded by the organization, right? To go into the Hall of Honor. The first Olympic athlete to ever go into the Hall of Honor. How about that? (laughs) Former, former rival of Michael Johnson. Take John Casey, take Reese Lloyd's name out your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Bernie. Thanks for being here, Bernie. Bye, (laughs) guys. Oh. Wow, that was fun. He's uh, he's got. I who knew? I didn't know he's a big special teams guy. I, I mean, wanted to get that in there. Does not like that take from you, Colin. No, D- didn't answer the question. Much like his owner, so. <laughs> oh. It's like being at a political debate. Um, anything else before we moved on to Teddy time? I know uh, Josh. What I, you have a lot of uh, love for um, a tight end. How do you feel about the lack of tight end involvement so far? Well, here's my question that I would like to throw back out at the panel is if Ian Thomas and Chris Manhurts did not get involved against the Atlanta Falcons, who are ostensibly the worst team in the, in the NFL against the tight end, are they ever going to get involved? And follow-up question, is that okay? I don't think they're ever going to get involved. I mean, I haven't looked too deep into how they've been as blockers. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have, so I haven't. I don't know that to say how they've been there. But offensively, I don't think I, this offense right now is just not not going to them. I mean, and I don't see why they would need to at this point. We've seen this offense. You got Robbie Anderson, and then you you know you've still got DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. I mean, they don't need them right now, to be honest. I mean, you've got three wide receivers who who are are showing out right now. I still think that we are seeing this this offense unfolding. I mean, really, there's so much is new. Joe Brady's new. I know, I know, it's new, but we're already talking about him getting another coaching job, which is just flat. He's absurd. as good as gone, Colin. Stop it. It's flatly Stop it. absurd. It, it, it's absurd for on so many different levels. The young man needs some time. You look at all the guys that you think were really young, and you realize how many years they actually had experience. This guy is, is brand spanking new. He's got to get some reps. And look, if if you if you somebody hires him, they're just going to screw him up, and then we're, he's going to be in the offensive coordinator for somebody else in a couple of years when we face him in the playoffs. But I still think we're seeing this team and this offense d- develop and grow. I, I don't think we've seen nearly all the, that that we're going to see, and it's impossible to kind of do it in, in the in the scheme of a game, or it's hard to do more than one kind of part of it at a time. And, and quite frankly, Thomas and Manhurts, from a guys you want to get the ball into their hands standpoint, ranked pretty low. Certainly. Well, he did almost have a touchdown, was it last week? But then it's called back for penalty, right? So he almost got involved for a second. But. Uh, yeah, and Ian Thomas had a touchdown against Arizona. It's like they're, they're – I, I think the – Colin's not wrong in that Thank judging you. this offense after <laughs> – end of sentence. Um 
in that judging an offense after five weeks is probably not the best idea. I mean, we're it's kind of what we're being uh, kind of what we do on a week to week basis is judge them weekly and then uh, be like, well, I guess what we said two weeks ago is completely wrong. But um, it, when you look at it from a big picture standpoint, I, I think that ultimately the tight end is probably the fourth option, fifth option uh, to catch a pass on any given play. Sometimes it's going to be the third option, but it's never going to be the second option. And I, and I understand, or the first option. So I, I get that it's like sometimes the reads and if Ian Thomas is covered, he's going somewhere else. But it, it, to me, it's like they're, they're not really – they're not struggling so much without Ian Thomas being involved. So I don't know whether we need to be, you know, grabbing pitchforks and, and lighting fires to get Ian the ball. Now, that being said, get Manhurts the ball. I mean, let, let Manhurts cook is uh, – <laughs> Not a shirt. Easy. No, not a shirt. All right, let me just make a quick note. (laughs) Josh has to change. He's actually wearing that underneath his shirt right now. That's right. I was listening. I was listening to a to a quick blitz, and they were talking about the the Teddy and 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 Robbie working down in in South Florida, and I think and we and we've seen that. To me, like seeing his comfort level with Robbie really feels like it's a different level than pretty much anybody else, and. So I, I just think that's going to continue to develop, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that it continues to, do, to develop with other guys. I just don't think that at this point in Joe Brady's uh, tenure as offensive coordinator, he's driven to the stadium thinking, i got to get Ian Thomas and, and man hurts the ball. And, and part of that, it really is the product of it just being a couple weeks into a season. And I think that the further they go away from it, the easier it may very well be down the line too. Yeah, let's let's move on to some Teddy time. Where's the respect for Teddy Bridgewater? You got over 1,400 yards passing, top five completion percentage in the league, 101.3 passer rating. Where's the respect? You know, it's funny because yesterday when he said the quote on his on his press conference about how he's not trying to win anyone over, all he has to do is win. It's funny because you had people, you know, I had a few people replying saying, you know, yeah, he's started to win people over with winning. That's all he's got to just keep doing that. But then I saw a handful of people also say, and he's boring. Like, okay, he's boring. So is that why you're not going to like your quarterback? Because he's boring. Like, I mean, you had Cam Newton for years and now you've got Teddy. It's a big difference. I'm pretty sure if you're a quarterback and you drop the ball on the sideline into your wide receiver's arm, the way he did to Robbie Anderson and your team wins, you could be as boring as you want for the remainder of the Sunday. Job is done. I'll be fishing. Screw y'all. I don't need none of this. I did what I needed to do. Boring? Boring? Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, a lot of people reacted poorly to that particular quote from uh, from Teddy because it involved Cam. Um, because rightly so – uh, I think it was Joe or somebody else asked him, like, you know, you're following a like a fan favorite, you know, an iconic player. What's that kind of like? What's it like? And that was where that quote kind that was where that quote came from, um, where he said, you know, I I'm not I'm not here to win anybody over. I'm here to win games, or I'll win people over by winning games. Um, and that whenever you say the whenever you mention the C word, not the C word you're thinking of, Nikki. Uh, whenever you say Cam in uh, Kombucha? cookies, Kombucha starts with K. <laughs> um, 
you know, fancy. <laughs> uh, whenever you say, whenever you say cam, it's gonna, it's gonna elicit a reaction. In fact, I tweeted out that quote and I think it has like 500 retweets or something crazy like that. Oh, 143 uh, over, over exaggerated, whatever. Uh, but it's, um, it, but it's like people reacted and there's all kinds of people jumping in and saying, well, Teddy's inaccurate and can't throw deep. And it's like, Oh, he's so, and it's like, I, I don't, it is interesting to me. I, I do wonder whether or not Teddy will ever get that respect from the, from the fan base, because, you know, when you look on, and, and I know social media is not the way to judge it because it's terrible. Uh, worse. Yeah. It's it, Twitter is a hellscape that none of us can escape. But, um, you know, the Panthers tweeted out a picture of their offensive line and said, like, how about that offensive line? And the first reply is, why weren't they blocking like this for camp? And it's like, all right, guys, like, we got to kind of. But I think we just need Cam to unfriend us on Facebook. It just it needs to be over. I don't. Everyone needs to be able to go to Murphy's, go wherever they need to, party it out. Nick, you'll listen to you. Just cry. Just get it all out and enjoy this football team. It is. It is funny because you said like sports are supposed to be fun. We should be enjoying this team, but instead, people are like, "Well, not as good as." I mean, yeah, it's true. Like to hear Whitehead is not as good as Luke Keekley. Neither is Shaq. <laughs> I watch a quarterback. Like we have That's seen bad quarterbacks. That's not a surprise either, everybody. Like <laughs> everybody has seen bad quarterbacks, and I just can't imagine watching Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, again, I hate to go back to that pass, but just that one pass, like a golf shot that just brings you back time and again. Like that, that pass. Like it's like, well, you know, he doesn't hit some windows or whatever. It just this offense is fun. This team is fun. Brian Burns. Uh, an edge rusher on that Todd, early Todd Gurley touchdown. The most important, impressive thing I saw Burns do was he was the dude that busted past everybody and almost got to Gurley at the goal line. You got an edge rusher, you know, living that life, you bring in that energy. Your team's going to follow these guys. This is this is a fun young team. They're having fun. I don't understand why some people around here don't seem to be able to have fun with them. Well, it's ironic because with Teddy and his career, the argument's always been always had good teams around him, good defense surrounded him with Minnesota and New Orleans. And now he's, I mean, no one thought this Carolina team was that good around him. And you could still argue that it's not that good and he still helped them win. So, you know, what, what's the argument there? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really see the argument for disliking him. Like I, I just don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like he's the quarterback. If you're a Panthers fan and he's the quarterback of your, of your favorite team, um, you should like it. Like he, he hasn't done anything to dis. He's not Jimmy Clausen. It's not, it's not Sam Darnold out there. It's not even, it's not Kirk cousins. And the guy, all he's done is go out there. He had, he had one bad game, but other than that, he's basically won. I mean, he's won three out of five games, but he probably has put you in a position to win four out of five games. And uh, like to me, and not only that, like the team love the team absolutely loves him. And one of the reasons why the, the whole thing kind of started with me because I brought it up to him that like he doesn't get the chance because we saw this clip of him in Atlanta as he's going off the field interacting with a with stopping as he's going into the tunnel and kind of like blowing kisses to fan to a Panthers fan that was there um, and, and kind of like like interacting with the fans. And I said, like, do you feel like like robbed 
that you don't get to interact. You move to this new city. You're now the face of the franchise for the first time, second time in your career. And you don't get the chance. Like you don't get to go to Harris Teeter and have people be like today, like that kind of stuff isn't happening. And that sucks for him. And, and he said, you know, it's, it's kind of the, the story of his career that people appreciate him once he's already gone. And I, and I hope that isn't going to be the case here in Carolina. Okay. I'll, I'll, dovetailing off that. Do you think if the stadium bank of America stadium had been filled for some of these home games and Teddy Bridgewater plays well, the Panthers deliver, you know, whatever, how it plays out, like would pe- people be more receptive to it? Like, do they feel disconnected to it? Yes. Or from it, I should say. Yes. That, yeah, I'd say that. And also like community events that aren't happening because of, you know, NFL players right now are locked up because you can't go out. So, I mean, if you had events like a top golf event or stuff like that, Panthers usually put on players go to, would these, you know, really diehard fans and regular fans who see him say, oh yeah, I met him. You know, you could talk about that. He's a, he's a good guy. People met Cam. He was around, you know, things like that. Yeah. yeah if you see Teddy going by on a, on like a scooter in Uptown, or uh, without a boot, obviously. Uh, it, like if he's just through, he's like the scooter. So that that sounds like some stupid reason to lose a week, the week sixteen game because because our quarterback got into a scooter injury. <laughs> Fine. Uh, where, wherever he's walking you know, like, safely, run, like riding his bike. He br- he's like a big bike person. rider. Like imagine if it if it came out where it's like, oh yeah, Teddy Bridgewater rides his bike at the Whitewater Center on every Saturday. He rides six miles at the Whitewater Center. And then you hear all these stories, see people picture it, posting him on Facebook. And then it's like, man, look at this guy. He's like ingratiating himself into the community. Because for all intents and purposes, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a fantastic human being. And we, all, we can all know that. And so he doesn't get the opportunity to ingratiate himself with the crowd. And because of the weird offseason that we've had, not just from a Panthers perspective, but from a world perspective, Teddy has unfortunately taken the brunt of that and he has not had a chance to get his, uh, have his what's that bear doing moment, um, which is a, you know, gone viral or made things happen, made people love him the way that they have Robbie. Because I, I really wish Panther fans would, I, again, just, just loosen up, have fun with this one because everyone got lied to by, by the national media. And I don't mean they were, they were lying maliciously. They're just lazy. They looked at the key departures and said, they're not replacing those guys. On to the next one. And that's what everybody around here thought we were getting because that's what everybody was telling us that we were getting. And what they got is a bunch of guys playing for each other with chips on their shoulders, and they got a, they, they, they're young and hungry. Like, this is the kind of team you want. I mean, yeah, you want to get to the Super Bowl, certainly. But this is the kind of team that is that foundational type year where you start growing and sowing those seeds. Would you say they're young, scrappy, and hungry? Oh, definitely scrappy. Definitely scrappy. Would you say they would or would not throw away their shot? No, you, you can't. Yeah. You got one opportunity <laughs> in 2020. Not where I was going, but I have not. I didn't eat spaghetti today. So. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's move on. Let's talk about Joe Brady. Um. Everything you've hoped. You mean future head coach of the uh, Atlanta Falcons? Nope, nope, nope. I I have nightmares thinking about a Brady, Julio, and uh, Ridley offense and playing that twice. So let's let's stop with that. And Trevor. No. I don't know if my whisper made it to the microphone, but Trevor Lawrence is what I was saying. 
J E T S Jets Jets Jets. <laughs> this is the part of the show when no one wants to listen anymore. <laughs> is he is he everything that you guys hope for? I mean, I I know kind of in those first couple weeks we were kind of like, eh, we don't know. Now, how do you feel? Oh, I'm in. I'm definitely in. Again, he did it, he did it again where he's getting different guys involved early i think you know and you see it evolve that the pass play down at the end all the time you go shouldn't shouldn't the offensive coordinator be able to get that guy wide open down at the goal line somehow some way and look who's doing it joe brady's the guy that's doing it making it look easy yeah i mean he i mean he's he's definitely impressed i mean even when Curtis Samuel wasn't being utilized a lot the first few weeks, he said he was going to, and, and now look, he's become a huge, you know, third down threat. Like he's been used in different ways. I mean, I know Curtis Samuel's always, you know, been able to, you know, get more yardage after the catch, but I think, I don't think he's been used like this before. It's different ways. He's making these guys uh, kind of be utilized in, in different aspects. But it's funny because I always said, like when he's first hired, he's either going to be here for, you know, a short time or, or, I mean, there's no way he's ever going to be here for a long time because he's either going to be awful and it doesn't work out or he's going to be really good and he becomes a head coach somewhere or gets, yeah, somewhere else. So he was, there's no way he was ever going to be here for a long time, I don't think. The other thing to think about, and, and I know, I get it. We're excited. We're positive, positive energy. But the other thing to think about to me is um, – that we're only five weeks into the season, so there's not a whole lot of Joe Brady tape out there. So I would imagine that when uh, Todd Bowles faces him for the second time, it's going to be a little different. I'd imagine when, uh, you know, when he has to go against um, Ron Rivera in week 16 uh, and, and Jack Del Rio and, and all that, the defensive, like once there's a lot of tape out there on the Joe Brady offense and maybe he's going to be so inventive and switch things up that it's not going to be a problem, but maybe it's not. So I, I think for right for the first five weeks, I think we have kind of had the full Joe Brady experience, but I think you, it's just so hard to judge these things in a five week vacuum um, that, that I just want to like, uh, audio medium video medium is this a video pot like stretch it out you know like let's just make a bigger sample size that's all i'm saying just a little bit of a bigger sample size before we go making him the next sean mcveigh absolutely i mean it's one thing to be able to draw up a whip route it's another thing to be a leader of a hundred men and and joe brady just doesn't have the, the, the years yet he just hasn't seen enough games yet he just hasn't been in those buildings enough like I, I'm, I'm a believer that you got to get you got to get reps in life and I think Brady's getting those reps to me this is a situation where, where if I'm David Tepper like Joe Brady you you're gonna be a head coach you're gonna get to pick your chance whatever I, but in the meantime I'm gonna sign the, I'm gonna sign the check that keeps you here I don't want to see you going out the door early and going and rushing to get an opportunity because you're gonna make an extra a couple million dollars and, and screw up what we're doing here. We're, we're not going to fight you when it's time, but it ain't time yet. So let's keep you here and, and, and make him, make him one, you know, a, a highly paid offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, just, just to throw this out there, like there is no salary cap for assistant coaches. So we're coordinators. So if I, you know, if he stays like this for 16 weeks, then maybe and and you know the Falcons come calling the Jets come calling the whoever comes calling if you're David Tepper you could I mean you can 
you have all, we've heard all this talk off season about your resources and how much you're willing to put into this team. Put that money where your mouth is. I know it was a tough year, <laughs> uh, Panthers wise, not so bad stock market wise. Um, so I, I think if he said, you know, Joe Brady is like, Hey bud, they're going to pay me like 7 million a year in New York. And it's like, well, I'll give you 10 to stay. Sure. Do it. I mean, does that make Matt Rule sad or or Phil Snow sad that, that Joe Brady's making more money than him? Maybe, but we deal with that when we come to it. Uh, here's a question for you. The NFC South, is it as wide open as everyone seems to think it is? Well, is it wide open or is it congested? Oh, congested is a better word. I just my thing is like everybody keeps talking and I'm I'm certainly one of them about how terrible the NFC South is and they're three and they have three teams that have a a winning record in it. So it's like everybody's like, "Oh my god, the NFC South is so bad. Only two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, only three teams that are above 500." Like I, I The I NFC know. East the is NFC like, "Hey East. guys, what do you think about us?" Yeah, exactly. The yeah. NFC, yeah. Uh I mean, I still think I mean, right now, like if you had to say you know, I mean, we don't know how the Panthers, if they'll keep this up. I still think Tampa Bay, I mean, I know they they haven't looked great. They've dealt with a lot of injuries. I still, I for some reason, I just still feel like Tom Brady will end up having them win that division if looking at what we've seen so far right now. But, and then, I mean, New Orleans, I would say you never know. But last night, I mean, they should have lost last night. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a doink field goal. But, yeah, I mean, they've looked, they've looked pretty bad. And then Atlanta, obviously, they're – trash right now so i think it's gonna be fascinating in tampa arians is a guy that doesn't like to protect his quarterback brady needs protecting and that's been the, to me one of the biggest issues for them so far so who wins that battle like is arians gonna change who he is or is brady because I, I don't think brady can necessarily at this point i don't the thing with brady that's interesting to me is that they uh will over the past three or four years, you could see like a palpable difference as the weather got colder, like November and December. Um, I mean, just a guy in his forties that likes, likes a nice cup of cocoa and some blankets. Uh, but it's not going to get colder in Tampa. Like it's going to stay the same, uh, the same milfy temperature that it always is. So, uh, I think that it is, is that not a term? Um, I, I think that it's, I, I, I think Tom Brady is probably – that's one of the reasons why he chose Tampa. I think Arians and Evans and Godwin make a big difference. But, you know, this is a team that has a very strong defense, has a ton of playmakers, and doesn't necessarily need to ask Tom Brady to be the best quarterback alive. Uh, it just needs to be a guy that could run the offense well and maybe make some plays down the stretch. So I think that, for me, I, I don't think it's very wide open. I think Tampa Bay is, is going to run away with this division at some point. But merely the fact that we are five weeks into the season and even talking about this, as opposed to talking about the top seven picks in the draft, it's exciting, Colin. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like – we should be the – fact, the fact that the Bears are coming to town, what is that Bear doing? And they are 4-1, and one, and the Panthers are 3-2, and two, and it's like people are talking about the game on a national scale. Like, that is incredible and fun, and these are the moments. These, these few weeks here where they beat the Falcons, where you're talking about a big game against Chicago, and they may beat Big Dick Nick and, uh, and the Bears. So, like – this is a this is a scenario where you should be excited right now and not necessarily worry about how in November and December how the NFC South standings are going to shape out. 
Yeah, look, next week when they're three and three, you're going to have plenty of time to do everything that you're doing this week while we're trying to enjoy a victory. <laughs> it's true. And when, and when they're three and seven, you're going to have even more time. <laughs> enjoy it now. Let us live. Let us live. Have some fun. Has the, uh, has the Mike Davis Comeback Player of the Year campaign officially started? Or, like, I mean, what, can, are the other 31 teams just going to go to backup running backs or us and pick up a Mike Davis now? Is that, are they, are they, you get that through Amazon? Prime well, Day? It what? is Prime Day. <laughs> Yesterday was Prime Day through the magic of podcasting, of course. They have two obviously. days, Josh. Two oh, days. snap. I got to get on, on Amazon. Get with the times. No, don't do that. That's how your money leaves the house very quickly. Jason, what was the last thing you bought on Amazon? Uh, well, Amazon, actually, I haven't been buying too much recently because I've been struggling with I didn't want to spend too much money because I've been spending too much on drinks on the weekend. But mm. uh, last night, I bought a Kobe Bryant mask on Etsy. So <laughs> okay. I don't know why. I just, I, I just kind it's of like felt a crocheted mask. That. It was late. And then I woke up. <laughs> Say what? I just woke up this morning. I was like, did I really buy that? Huh? It was, no, no, no. Like, you know, for, you know, the COVID, it, it says 24 and it's got a picture of Kobe as an angel shooting a basketball. I'll what? Post, I'll post it on Twitter when I get it. It'll be a week. So. I want to see it. So I want to see it right now. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll allow you to share your screen. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, this is the 2020 equivalent of rap tees. What I, I think of. What I think of people saying that they're buying things on Etsy, I think of a lot of really crafty and like weird girly things. That was not what I thought you were going to say at all. <laughs> I mean, when you said like an angel, uh, I was, I mean, that came out of nowhere for me. That was, I, I am, I am, as the kids say, shook. Uh, Much like Mike Davis came out of nowhere to what? fill in for Christian McCaffrey, what which a, no one saw coming. What a segue. Look at that. That's what why a, they call you the, that's why they call you the pro. What a, what a segue. What right, a segue. If, if Mike Davis were just hypothetically to keep up this, pace that he's got going he'd finish the year with over a thousand yards he's got a little halo on him oh okay all right that is that's actually pretty cool i like that i i'm I'm into that so i'm hoping it's what it was worth make sure you tweet make sure you tweet that out so so people aren't uh confused when they're listening because we lord knows we do enough visual jokes on here for people to get pissed off about it no, I'm not sure why I was picturing like an oil painting mask. <laughs> I was too. When you said angel, I was like, oh. That's okay. what I was, yeah, like in a white sm- robe. Oh, no. I, I don't know. Angel, whatever. I don't know. That's a layup, Jason. That's <laughs> a layup. I was going to say a slam dunk. Um, before we get to our game, um, as, as you give all your Mike Davis love over there, should Christian McCaffrey come back within the next two weeks? No. I said it two weeks ago. I don't care if they go four and two and they're leading the NFC South. No, he should not. He should not be coming back until he's not a hundred, not 99%, not 100%, 110%. Colin, you and I were on this show and we said to each other, if I'm Chris McCaffrey and I come walking into the coach's office, hey, coach, I'm feeling good. Here's my ankle. And he's like flexing his ankle and then he's doing jumping jacks and stuff. And no, you're out, brother. This is a four- to six-week injury. I don't want to talk to you until week six. Bernie agrees. Don't put him on special teams. <laughs> uh, I, I, with all due respect to Mr. Cannon, um, when, when he came in and, and, and as soon as he experienced an NFL play and looked like he didn't want to experience another NFL play ever again, um, do we have someone to back up Mike Davis if we're going to keep CMC out? Rodney Smith. 
Put him in. Is that is that a, is that a real person or did you just make that name? No, up? that's a real person. He's on the practice squad. He was with them in camp. The leading him. rusher in Minnesota history. Minnesota what? Gophers. Like, oh. Football. <laughs> table tennis. The Minnesota. It could have been a long tennis. flume or something up there. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Every you know you talk about like that you talk about teams that find running backs off the scrap heap. Why can't the Panthers be that team now that, I mean, they, you know, like, and, and like, all right, Whoa, calm down. That's a big sigh. Big sigh. Uh, because Mike I'm Davis saying, is a human being because no, Mike no, Davis no. is an individual. Listen, I understand. I apologize for saying the scrap heap, but I'm saying on the scrap heap of the NFL where people have been released and they are on the unemployment market of the NFL or or an undrafted free agent like a Reggie Bonifant. So it's like you find these guys that are talented and then they come in and you're like, who the hell is Philip Lindsay? Or uh, I'm trying to think of another good example, Miles Gaskin or like any James Connor or any of these guys that you're just like, what is happening? Why are these guys Ronald Jones, the third, he may have actually had some high draft predicate, but um, you know, they're, they're just, there's somebody like that. Mm. Special teams talk. He hates it. <laughs> hates it. Hates it. I, I really feel, though, that this is, this is an excellent job. And this is one of those times where I feel like people pick and choose what discussion you want to have about the Panthers. You know, in this situation, Mike Davis and his success is a credit to Mike Davis and this Panthers organization for finding him. This is a guy out of the 2015 draft who was noted as being – a great pass catcher out of the backfield, ability to run between the tackles, everything we've seen from Mike Davis, the only question has been his durability and his ability to stay on the field. But this is who he was. This is not finding just some random guy and being like, oh, we put him in Brady's system, and now he has the ability to catch balls. Mike Davis has been able to do that since he came in the league. And that's a good job by this organization, identifying guys that can come in and do – what their what their starters can do if they need them to step in. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Mike Davis is somebody, yeah, he's got that experience in the league. We've seen him when he was in Seattle show flashes of being uh, a good player. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'd say if Reggie Bonifon was healthy, he'd probably feel a little more confident not bringing McCaffrey back for another, you know, push it back a few more weeks. But I don't know what the deal is with him right now. I, I would be well. – I'm – I say it with – love for this 14 and two magical 2020 season if if it has to mean losing the next two games because christian mccaffrey needs to sit out for another two weeks that's fine i'm fine with that i'm fine with that i'm not saying they're going to but i'm saying like the idea that we would rush him back so that they might win against uh new orleans is that who's after chicago so they might win against new orleans that to me is is being reckless with the face of your franchise and we lord knows we spent a lot of time talking about that particular subject and so if you're if you can't do it last year you can't do it this year and so just don't just don't just don't and and i love the idea of bringing him in with his fresh legs right in the middle of the season for the playoff push the second half of the season i mean you know really make stamp your uh, your flag on the NFC South and really, you know, get, get CMC his time, but you still got him around so you can make the, make the final dance. If you still want it, you can still make a playoff push at three and four. 
I'm just telling you. Like that, those things happen. Did you guys know that zero and five teams don't often make the playoffs? <laughs> and and I've heard that there's reasons. I suspect it's because zero and five teams are typically not good. Is the reason that zero and five teams typically don't make the playoffs? That's good analytics right there. Spreadsheet told me it was a verifiable answer, so I went with it. <laughs> we know how much you love analytics. Uh, who's ready for a game? Let's go. This week, we've got Rule Bucks. So, obviously, their cash value is one one-hundredth of a cent, and one Rule Buck equals five extra minutes at lunch. Who are you giving your Rule Bucks out to? Let's start with Colin. All right, well, because I can't play games in the normal way. And the way – instantly, the one thing I wanted to do was I want to make Derek Brown stop jumping off sides. So, Derek – Derek Brown cannot use his rule bucks to buy dessert now in the, in the cafeteria. Yeah, the, 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 you get five extra minutes of lunchtime. He can't have dessert. He can't use his rule bucks to buy dessert if he gets another offside penalty. Like week to week, you get, you get dessert if you don't get an offside penalty. That's, that's, the, that's where I'm starting with my rule bucks. So you're not giving out any money, but you're going to take some away from him. Yeah. What? Okay. What's the? I'm confused. The, the whole thing is you get an extra buck, you get five extra minutes in the lunchroom, right, Josh? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Or if you accumulate one or if you're a big man and you can't have dessert. That's the whole idea, right? Or if you accumulate 1,000 rule bucks, that's equal to $1. Right. That's Yeah, everybody knows that. That's up on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> First rule. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder here. I'm going to give my rule buck to Mike Davis because oh. uh, Mike Davis – is gonna is going to earn himself three million rule bucks because everybody thought this season that he was gonna be a salary cap hit and all he did was come in and work his ass off and work hard and make the team and then when he got his opportunity he showed what kind of football player he can be which to me if I'm Matt Rule that is what I want out of every single player on my football team is to say to yourself hey. I, I'm going to be backing up the best running back in the league that plays 99% of the snaps, but I'm going to work so hard that I can't, you can't keep me off the roster. And when I get on the field, you can't keep me out of the end zone. And that is, that epitomizes a Matt rule player. And that is why he has earned 3 million rule books. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would go ahead and give mine then to, keep it on offense, give it a, a Robbie Anderson, just because he, he came in, no one expected him to be a number one wide receiver. You're thinking, oh, it's a guy that's going to compliment DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. And he has run away with the number one wide receiver position so far. Um, I mean, he's the guy, I mean, what, he's, every week, almost four to five weeks, he's had 100 yards, he had 99 that one week. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody, they thought he was just a long ball threat he's shown Matt Rule is complimenting him yesterday just about how he didn't you know he's been catching the ball underneath he's been doing things that nobody expected him to do so yeah I'll go ahead with him and on top of it he's fun it's yeah. true fun fun I'm all, I want a video of him every week doing something yeah his nickname was the sun god yeah sun god with the with the, with the, with the Jets I'm sorry I wasn't up on my Jets nicknames but I I, yeah. I celebrate and enjoy the, the the idea of someone nicknamed sun god well I think it has to have something to do with Ra right like isn't Ra the sun god Ra R-A no am I just making that up or is that I don't just, think you're making that up you guys just watched I watched a lot of Lost 
read a lot of Lost uh, you, theories. You watched The Mummy from... with Brendan Fraser recently? Crushing <laughs> <laughs> um, up on your rock, uh, <laughs> IMDb. That's right. Um, yeah, I think that's that's fair. Look at that. How do you like that? How's oh, that for a rule buck? Oh, oh look boom. at that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can you can buy dessert with a rule book. That's why I, I have to impose the the limitation on Derek. No dessert unless you unless the big man doesn't get drawn off sides for the week. That's right. How long did it take you to make that? Um longer than I wanted it to take for considering <laughs> that I'll literally use it for this show and for nothing else. Um we'll but yeah, I, we'll bring it back. We'll, we'll how about how about a couple more? How about a couple rule books for Justin Burris? who uh, screw, had a big screw-up, eh, I guess. Everybody says it's a big screw-up. Ultimately, like, should he have fallen on the well, ball? How do, you guys, how do you guys feel? How did you feel in the moment? That was, that was pretty bad. I mean, you can make the argument that Burns wouldn't have been hurt. If he I got was going to say, I feel like in the moment, I was okay with it because I was like, I get it. Like, you, you know, you should fall on it. He didn't. He went to scoop and score. Any player that's got a chance is going to do that. I was more upset than when Burns got hurt because all I could think about was – you know, they wouldn't have been on the field. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I don't know how the universe works, but that was when I got upset. All right, you know what? I take away my rule bucks for him then. If we're if, if he injured, <laughs> uh, if he injured Brian Burns, I don't care that you came back and you made a mistake and your teammates lifted you up in the locker room and you told them you were going to make a play, and then you did. He deserves rule bucks. It's fine. Am, am I allowed to give out rule bucks to try and um, uh, get somebody off of a roster that I think may be about to sell their entire roster and maybe could help with a playoff push? Am I allowed to use rule books for that? It's not Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this. Look, we've talked about this rush defense. I'll tell you the guy that stuck out to me. He stuck out to me basically since he started playing football in this area is Grady Jarrett. Er, I mean, Grady Jarrett just makes freaking plays. Fifth round pick didn't make sense with the time, and that guy just makes plays. He blew up, he blew up screens, he blew up all kinds of different plays for this Panthers offense. In a in a sea of misery, I think we we think we should extend, you know, some rule books to try and bring Grady in. I I really respect how you just are not playing the game correctly at all. I'm a little I, I just, confused to be honest with you. There's ten thousand rule books. <laughs> there's five minutes left of uh, of lunch. They're worth a, a one one hundredth of a cent. I'm. I, I don't know what the, you can redeem them for. Do you get stuffed animals? Like It's like shroot bucks from the office. I, I, I know I Nikki got it. Nikki's wearing a Dunder he, Mifflin shirt. I don't think I, he watches the office as much as we do. I'm not wearing a Dunder Mifflin shirt. I would have participated in this game had I. Nikki wearing what my wife would refer to as a sweater, which I <laughs> have, we have had multiple arguments about. It's a sweatshirt. I get it. No, I'm, I'm well aware that she doesn't have good vocabulary. She thinks anything that you wear over the top of another shirt is a sweater. Really? So it's like one of those. It's very cute. What? So, so if you wear an undershirt, then by default you have. Well, a sweater come on. on. That's now okay. you're just now you're playing well, this. She's like the one a hoodie, a sweater. Don't look at me like I'm the crazy one here. <laughs> Lord, Jason, where can the folks at home find you if you would like to be found on the social medias and whatnot? On Twitter, it is underscore Jason Huber. Uh, that's on Twitter. And then uh, then you can follow uh, WFNZ as well on, on Twitter. Uh, and then our Facebook page is at WFNZ and on Instagram, WFNZ, 6, 10 a.m. on there. But yeah, the real Jason Huber, another Jason Huber took my username, so I had to go underscore. So, what? Who is this yeah. person? I don't know. He blocked me, though, but it's all right. Did you... 
<laughs> Did you come after him? Is that why he blocked you? <laughs> a few years ago, uh, when I was in college, I, I reached out to him and asked if I could have the username. And he was—he got really defensive. He's like, "I was born before you." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Sorry." And he blocked me. He lives in Arizona. Let's all go after him. If you're listening, one day contract users <laughs> at Jason Huber at him and ask him why he won't give up his uh his username. Yeah, let's see how many people can get blocked by him by the just, fake Jason Huber. Just another negative activity Panther fans can engage in rather than celebrating a victory. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Need some negativity on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Uh Colin, where can people find you and your push for a cranberry flavored Coca-Cola? On Twitter, at Colin CLT. I do want to make one note. Um, for the first time this Sunday, they made a note of it on, on the game. Five offensive linemen drafted in the first round across the front line for the Atlanta Falcons. Their coach and GM were fired. So I don't know what that says for how you build your roster, but it says something, I'm sure. Um, yeah, also, uh, we didn't even bring it up. Panthers offensive line has been really good. I know we shouldn't be doing this during the plug section, but uh, first time all season they had their five guys that they wanted to uh, start week one were starting and playing for the entire game um, in week five. What are we in? Week five? I mean, so so it seems like good things are happening. Uh, if you are in the city of Charlotte, I would encourage you to uh, get out on Saturday. The Roaring Riot is hosting a – and along with Bring Back the Buzz and Mint City Collective and the rest of the supporter groups in Charlotte – is hosting a really great event. It's called Support the Vote. It's going to be at Taproom Social. Bank of America Stadium is open this year as a polling place. So if you are a Mecklenburg County registered voter, um, you can come and vote at Bank of America Stadium, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, and so we're encouraging people, come out there, get your vote on, and then come over, have a beer, have a slice of pizza. Uh, all that's going to be taken care of by the Roaring Riot Mid City Collective. And uh, we want you to get out there and, uh, and vote um, because voting is important. That's right. Make that plan to vote. Make that plan to vote. And uh, he's Josh Klein rules in case anybody forgot. I don't know how you can forget. You can't. You can't. What, where can they find Bernie? Uh, Bernie, I will... Bernie rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's, he's just kicking in the backyard, barking at people walking by. And, I love it. And talk about special teams. Don't forget about Michael Pilardi. Big, big addition coming back in 2021, you guys. When Farrell Cooper has a fumble, I don't want to hear it, Josh. When Farrell Cooper has a fumble, I will be very sad, but I will understand because of his game-breaking abilities. It's important, Colin. (laughs) Colin, next week you should have the baby and hold the baby up, and you can do the same thing to talk back (laughs) to him. Talking baby. Let Dante Jackson return punts while we're at it. Oh, Oh no. <laughs> okay, we gotta go before this gets any more off the rails. I'm you can find it's me at Nikki seven oh four. This has been one day contract, part of the Riot Network. Jason Huber, your one day contract is up. Everyone else, we'll see you next week. Wash those hands, wear those masks. Steve Smith was drafted as a punt returner. Special team an not this other. You know, what's that word, balls? Jesus Christ. <laughs>